Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces podcast. My name is Scroobius Pip. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Man, this is this is uh, this is a big podcast this week. It's an incredibly heavy podcast. I normally have some spiel at the start here about last week's or next week's podcast, but kind of yeah, I just want to get straight into this. This is a special in kind of in collaboration with comic relief and sport relief essentially and it's 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 a very heavy story it's an amazing and inspirational story but man the you know i'll warn you at the start here this isn't for the light-hearted uh the light-hearted this this the the soft heart i don't know this isn't for sensitive people god this is a messy intro to a, a wonderful um and important podcast um basically let me tell you a little story here sport relief approached me about doing a podcast for them and with them and I initially said no um, and I'll explain this I've said before I've had I had had similar with the British Red Cross when we had our refugee special um, I'm very cautious of um, charity endorsed podcasts and things like that because it it can it, it can have an agenda it can have a, a direction and what as I've mentioned many times, what excites me about podcasts is they they feel to me to be the last bastion of truly free media. So it concerned me to have anyone else kind of having any control or say or influence when you know that might it it, it, it might um, risk the integrity um, of the podcast. And but I spoke with them and I went back and forth and I was honest about this and they said, "Look, completely understand that." Again, I explained this isn't a charity podcast. We've had the refugee special, but that was a very a, a unique story that I felt very uh, drawn to to express and talk about, um, and and an amazing experience, and an amazing guest. We've had Greenpeace, which I don't look on as a charity personally. Um, I believe them to be a bunch of badass activists that go and kick the crap out of um, big industries sometimes. But the guys at, at Sport Relief kind of said, look, have a look at some of the charities that we work with and see if there's anyone that you feel drawn to and, and a story you want to tell. And again, it, I need to explain, it's not that I'm against featuring ch- charities on the podcast. I just think at points it be- can become um, a lazy and, and, and backslapping culture in charity at the moment in the UK where... As, social media at points becomes a competition for who's the most charitable or who's done this challenge or that challenge or posted this and it's such a public thing and I think charity at many points can be um, an equally private thing you know it doesn't have to be a badge that you wear proudly to to show how nice you are it can be I'm not hating on that but it's just I didn't want it to be that kind of thing but I had a look through some of the people they work with and just reading some of the stories and some of the the groups and and care workers and everything just just blew me away and the one that jumped out to me was the housing for women's a replace project they just do amazing work basically um to to to, to go in briefly almost I mean, in, in Europe in general, as many as 800,000 adults and children are trafficked into Europe each year, um, whether it be for s- sexual exploitation, f- f- forced labour, domestic servitude, begging, criminal activities such as cannabis farming, 
organ harvesting even just just all sorts of, th- of things like that and in the uk um almost i think it was almost three oh, almost three and a half thousand people in the uk were identified as potential uh, trafficking victims um, and referred to the police for support in 2015 which is a massive increase on previous years i think it's a 40 percent in- increase and the thing with a subject like this is you can fairly reasonably assume that these figures are in fact greater than that because of the nature of these things the victims often trapped in their exploitation um, and exploitative positions and and hidden from authorities as we hear in this story in fact so it's a hard one to gauge um and 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 what the 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 housing for, for women's replace project do is is they'll go in and 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 when people have been referred to the police who have been put in 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 detention centers or holding a centers for um awaiting their asylum claims and things like that they'll go in and help these people and give them emotional and legal support but also uh, uh, with the funding that sport relief have, have given them a, a grant of 150 a thousand to provide six to 12 months of practical and emotional support they'll do things like i think they have the the facilities to do to support and accommodate or to supply a secure safe accommodation for 11 of vulnerable women at any one time providing intensive emotional and practical support to, to, to help them overcome their traumatic experiences and to prepare for, for for independent living um and again we hear about that in this podcast and the the two people we speak to is it, it's mainly um a lady called mira who has i mean such a harrowing story it's 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 unbelievable and the the strength she showed to to tell the story was just mind-blowing to me you'll see that i'm silent for so much of this podcast because i'm just blown away that she's capable of sharing these things um and willing to share these things and we also have alice there who's her her care supporter and alice comes in every now and then but just the you could see in the room how involved alice is in this whole story and how emotional it is for her as well so it was beautiful in that situation to just see the relationship and the difference made again i do need to give a a warning amira's story is is a very intense and dark story it it could be a trigger um for people who've been through numerous different traumatic experiences she did an amazing job obviously there's points where it it can get and not confusing but a, a little vague or or a struggle to get to the body of of what's being said but that's i mean i'm sure you'll be understand understanding of that because man it's some intense stuff to talk about and and relive there were points everyone in the room was in tears so yeah that's that's kind of what's going down here so we'll we'll get into the podcast now i'll pop back at the end and uh and yeah we'll kind of we'll we'll round things up but for now this is episode 86 of the distraction pieces podcast with special for sport relief and housing for women's replace project with mira and her care supporter alice (laughs) 
This piece of fiction is the intro to destruction pieces. This piece of fiction is the intro to destruction pieces. This piece of fiction is the intro to destruction pieces. This piece of fiction is the intro to destruction pieces. Right, um, I'm joined today by Mira um, and, and, and Alice. And Alice is, is from a, a housing for, for women's a replacement project and Mira has 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 been part of this this project and you've you've kindly been open to to coming in and discussing your kind of journey and everything you've kind of you've been through t- to get here today so, so first of all I thank you very very much for for coming along and and how are you today uh, I'm good thank you good 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 you've got I, I see you've got th- three drinks there that's good that you're you, that you're perfectly covered for yeah. For all refreshment. <laughs> thanks, thanks for chai latte. <laughs> <laughs> no problem at all. Um, well, I mean, we'll get st- st- straight in. Um, can we kind of start off with talking about your life before t- 2011, kind of uh, what you were doing, what you were aiming to, to do and, and what your plans were for life? Yes, uh, sure. Um, before 2011, I, I from... My country, a very famous university. I, I had a degree of MBA in marketing. Oh, wow. I, I had just finished and I was passionate and want to become an independent woman. And I was always looking for a good opportunities. Already I was doing a good job yeah. there in my country. But uh, suddenly uh, I always uh, looking in a newspaper and web for a good jobs and... Um, I I had my friends, family, yeah. and I was very happy there in my country. And um, the rest is like uh, my life was like good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were achieving, I said, from the sounds of it, doing amazing at, at your studies and at your yes. Your I had my uh, like I before that I had an BPA honors, then MBA marketing. And oh, wow. I was good in my field. I had like uh, working in um, some good organization. Um, I was uh, teaching in the universities uh, for oh, wow. a, a BPA and uh, you know A levels in accounts or some other marketing courses, business yeah. courses, management. And um, I was happy in my life there. But I always looking for something like, you know, uh, in my country, like a lot of multinational companies are working, like Unilever and uh, other big names and big brands. Yeah, I was always love to work in the big names and big like uh, companies. And I always prefer to go for interviews. And uh, um, it was going well. I went yeah. in different interviews. So it's, it sounds like a, a good good balance of of directly are using what you'd learned for teaching and for 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 helping in that area but also are looking at at those big jobs, yes, that, because those I, big ones that are going to take you onto that next level. Yes, because it's my um, when I was very young, I always think about one day I because in my country men are very dominant in the house. Yeah, and I don't want like uh, um, I always think I will become an independent, yeah. like a professional woman, and I earn my own money. I will have my I will have my own house. Yeah, and uh, as well as my. Uh, my family concern. I have my stepmom, yeah. and um, she uh, 
just because of a stepmom i have a difference between a communication gap or a difference between me sure. and my family yeah of course and my father uh, was away from me and they, i my like um, my the support i get from my aunties my father's sisters and yeah. the other relatives they always like show me the picture of life if i will have a good degree i have a good job everyone will will, yeah. will be with me if i i am like a like a rolling stone or like i am not getting education and i waste my time in other activities yeah. uh, one day i will have nothing but, but if i want to realize my father and i want love from get a love from him yeah. i have to be like on some position or somewhere yeah. so that, i mean that's great it's it's kind of easy in 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 the UK to think of 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 people having ambition like that but that's a huge deal particularly in in that that kind of culture where there is a, a tradition of of men the men going out to work and the women supporting the men as that's amazing to hear that, that from an early age you yeah, were very much no I can I can do this I can do living, better than this yeah my family was living in um, uh, you know my father my father is a well known person influenced person mm-hmm. back in country and uh, uh, my family is not like from village side yeah, all course. are educated and they are going to, uh, they are um, doing uh, like uh, going into uh, good and well known colleges and the yeah. universities where our ministers childs are uh, yeah. uh, getting education my brothers sure. are used to go into that college colleges but the thing was that like my family is no like uh, um, my stepmom he want to keep away from father that's why he put me i right. in the boardings yeah. and in like school and colleges and in different relatives that's why keep a distance keep a distance yeah. and he like um, he was always hiding my problems from my father yeah. and i always think like from then childhood i observe my aunt she was um, um, at that time she was a school teacher but she was earning a good in amount yeah. and i always think like i also become my independent woman yeah. like yeah, her yeah that's great i mean the independence and, and strength of, of mine there to turn kind of being separated or distanced from your father into into from what i can hear a motivation to say right i will become yes. su- a, a successful then and i will r- rather than be saddened by it, i will earn that That yeah, that's why that I went attention. for the um, entry test in um, uh, a good university because I know my father. If he um, he don't have a problem of money, we yeah. always get money from his managers yeah. and uh, uh, like this. And I get enrolled into that courses and uh, I start my studies and studies and finishing. But. Uh, as i finished my mother start like talking about in my family now she is in a very educated she will go to the lawyer and right. she will uh, claim the part of in her father lands and businesses right yeah sure and then start some battle like but i don't mean it i never think about i always thinking i will go by myself yeah. and i will achieve my target yeah, that's, that's why i in 2011 i have like uh, I know I had a job but that was not as good as I you know I was working in as a lectureship you can say a visiting faculty member yeah I went in a one university and I was teaching some students private like tuition I was Excellent. giving yeah. them and I was working in a some uh, one organization a fixed salary monthly but these like two three jobs I'm doing in my country yeah. and my country uh, where the city i was living that is also a famous one of the uh, expensive city of the world right and um, uh, like i was thinking go for a one job and 
because i was a very i was a career oriented yeah. i want to be a like a um, marketing executive yeah. a chief executive in marketing and to have that career and yeah. keep climbing keep as, as, i want to be that, yeah. so so at the start of of 2011 you had qualifications you had several great jobs but ambitions for even even a greater ones can we then talk about uh, what happened at the end of 2011 and obviously how that kind of changed everything essentially at that point <clears throat> yes you know um i told you before i went for different opportunities i was always looking for job and web for um, yeah. uh, uh, sorry newspaper and webs for jobs i saw one ad in a newspaper it was like uh, a multinational company uh, needs a staff and a handsome salary plus commission they are offering and uh, i told you like uh, i went for different interviews in different uh, areas and organization that day i remember i was like in my mind and my dream like i will go for somewhere and i will get a job and that will change my mind my life yes it changed my life but not as as i was thinking and i was planning and i was wishing and yeah. for that i put a lot of hard work i finished my studies i did my degrees and uh, i was like uh, doing my projects assignments always on time just because of uh, this hope one day i will get these things and that job interview was uh, i don't know those people are like uh, uh, what type of their um, business is but when i entered in their office it looked like a proper office yeah. it was um, i remember a one table um, big tables like there and the man was sitting there uh, like in my country up on a side very good carpet and t- yeah. tv lcd on the screen and there was a um, like white color sofas and everything yeah I went there and um, I said I start because I I'm told you like I was a confident and independent and I want to be like this and he offered me some drink or something and it was a like that day um, was like our nights were like not too cold and too hot but the right. day was like this and he said yes yeah, I said yes it is he said what drink you want like this our conversation he said he said you bring your CV he was looking into my CV and things and I said no I don't but he said uh, any drink then he, he called them guy mm-hmm. and pian or whatever he came and he brought like uh, it was a drink and as as i start taking the drink sip of that drink i start like uh, i was talking to him he was asking about my education and the things and i feel faint i yeah. was like uh, going down and look i i like his face was like um, and dot dots i have fog is coming yeah yeah so it's all kind of yeah. closing in and, yeah. and going and i was i was asking him i don't know what i mean. and he said no no then i remember he came and he moved there from my from his seat to my towards his one hand was on my waist and uh, it just uh, give me like uh, you know uh, someone is take you with you like no no you are okay and after that yeah. i remember he was like i was he laid me on a bed Oh, not on the sofa, mm-hmm. and until I remember, and after that, I saw th- I was just shadows in my mm, yeah. like eyes, and still these shadows are sometimes not these. After this, a lot. This was a routine, but the first 
um, the first time, it never goes from my eyes, my yeah, heart, my my mind, and uh, uh, then I don't want to say what happened, and no, even I don't remember. Stuff. But I remembered like uh, the, um, someone was helping me to dress up, and um, I was sitting in the then they like me and I would sit with him in front seat and the back was with that guy who was helping me yeah. to dress up they showed like then they asked me to like to drink something and like then you will be feel happy relax yeah, yeah. and I was like he showed me the pictures or videos and everything and he said if you will go somewhere or tell someone and every, we know everyone police this yeah. and that it was like and I was I, I tried to catch the mobile phone and want to delete and he didn't give me he just showed from his seat yeah, to me yeah. and after that they dropped me in my house where they, I lived at that time I came at home I was, I don't remember what happened. I just went on the bed. I was, I don't know, I, I, want, I was crying. But yeah. I slept. I don't know what happened. I sleep, 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 maybe due to that medicine. Yeah. At 2 or 3 o'clock midnight, I woke up. From that day till now, I'm washing myself 100 times. Right. I went in the toilet. I remember like shower was on and I was sitting under the shower the whole night and I was thinking like everywhere is like I remember it was uh, something hot or something is on my body and I was like very very unconscious that night yes, and yeah, that changed my imagine. life yes I mean obviously I mean that's, that's obviously a horrible thing to go through and I can imagine as said the kind of the confusion of everything at that at that point of what of what had happened, what is happening, and and, and why and this like happened that. to me, and I never yeah. t- and you know my father was very uh, like well known personality yeah. in my country, and I was thinking about my sisters, even though they are my stepsisters, and I told everyone I love them. You know my younger sisters, they always fight with their own mother just yeah. because of they give sometimes like uh, hiddenly, um, you know, secretly from the mom. Yeah. Yeah. Some money, some good things from the family, yeah. and I loved them. And I was thinking, like, I and my few um, two or three sisters are married, and I was thinking about all the life of everyone. What yeah. in my country, this is if uh, even uh, without marriage, if you sleep with someone, even he is your boyfriend or um, you are like partner or somewhere. In my country, people will not accept it. Your yeah. all family honor. And honor killing and your all family respect, honor in the newspaper and everywhere. And I was also thinking about, as as he told me about the police and everything. Yeah. I want to tell you, when I was working for him, once like, uh, I was not that type of girl to want to sleep with someone. I was always thinking like, uh, it was my, I was fantasy like, one day when I will become a professional lady or a businesswoman, yeah. I will meet someone in an aeroplane yeah. next to me and sitting. Like it was in my yeah. dreams. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, was yeah. planning. I will, I will like this. 
and um, I, I, uh, when I went for different parties and everything, like I met with the people, like you cannot think like those people can be. They are working in good um, government jobs and um, yeah. like in good position in yeah. my. I went for them, like I just for uh, to serve them or entertain them or what you can say. Yeah. So. so so after after this happened, your life changed in 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 that way. You were then going to these expensive parties and and things like that. I and being became a prostitute. You can save me, but it was not my choice. It yeah, was of course. It was a lot of fears. I told you, like fear of my family, their respect, their honor, fear of my own life. I at that time I think oh I thought okay this changed me my life but I will not um, do anything just because of my sisters and yeah, of course. my family of course, even you know my brother cannot walk in the society yeah. if they know like I, their sister was like this they will all kill themselves yeah so this one this one unimaginably horrible incident then kind of gave them that power over you essentially and gave you that that fear of the guilt of 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 shame in your family or anything else and kind of like, yeah it changed everything it changed everything in in your life in that way at what point was it proposed that you I came I came to the UK and and how did you feel about that was that did you see that as maybe an escape from from everything that 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 was going on there or some way of of ending this or or moving on from the potential you know i was uh, working with them and uh, i uh, one man his duty was to pick us um, i'm sorry i'm not going your answer properly no, that's fine no but no i think like it's related to something yeah sure you know, when I, we went for a different parties and one guy, his duty of, like, with me, there was a four, five girls. He yeah. His duty was to collect us. Like, all, all other guys are yeah. duty are different girls picking and dropping sure. in that area. We we were living our <laughs> place, where, place where we were living, but we were not free. We were under them, like yeah. they were controlling us. It's because they have our videos, our pictures, yeah. and we were working for him. And once I remembered, I want to add this thing. Um, um, I went to a, I, I had a fight with him, and I went to the police. And um, um, I, I asked him, I want to go to the police. I'm tired. But he, he, you know, he was laughed at me. He said, come with me. I went with him, the main guy mm. who raped me first time, whose office I went for interview. He took me to the police station and I met with, uh, I just went there. He shake hand that guy and um, uh, the police, like in the office, we went. And he said, um, he, he asked him uh, that dirty bad man yeah. to sit on the seat and he asked me why you came here and he, that it's just sat there yeah. yeah and he said like he came here to complain about me and he started laughing yeah. he said hey, oh you want you are a prostitute you are doing this you are doing this and why will put you in a jail and then i will call your family and this and that. like i was been uh, like very but 
the guy who always picked us there was a one girl, one girl first missing i asked where he he is now and he told me that they are sending girls into different countries in europe and uh, that guy like he always saw me like i'm crying and i'm like uh, uh, he always said like keep quiet as uh, do they uh, ask you to uh, like as they are uh, they want and one day they will also you are a qualified and maybe they will send you somewhere else yeah. and i always have a fear in my country like maybe my family my cousins my relatives my uncle anyone will meet me in parties and they, 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 what will happen with my family a lot of fears in my yeah, when i course. was i went for that parties and everything yeah and um, yeah and again it's clear it's an unimaginable a loss of control there because the because the fact is number one you initially had had the fear of any shame that could be brought on your family but then as you said they're they're blackmailing you essentially because they have these pictures and and videos but even more than that now they've shown that the police aren't aren't trying to to help you or aren't aren't trying to to be on on your side they've taken you there to kind of show to you to to, to remove any hope of another option i guess to really kind of just to break you down and this police uh, i went to police to police in the beginning of my dad like um, after one or two party but when i start going to a regular parties mm. i saw the police were there a lot of like yeah. officers and other persons i cannot mention their name they of are course. in government machineries in my country we went for them and yeah. there is that is their uh, like uh, you can say they said that is their habit yeah. to meet with the different women and they want once not one woman at a time they want sometimes some of the embassies are they are like um, Uh, you can see when you met with the people and they tell like who is this who is that yeah, yeah. and the girls who are very uneducated and um, like who came from some other background or yeah. something and they are very happy few girls are because they think this is now their life end of yeah. life they don't want to escape and they start thinking and they ask us to be happy Yeah. to doing these things they ask us to accept the things like this yeah. and they said finish but i always compare with them and myself i think no this is not the end of life and i always but when they told me like uh, this like me they first didn't tell me which country i'm going it was right. europe right okay so and it was just told that there was an exit from where you are now to go into europe yep. to they said like um, the, and i was thinking i was not sure here i will come and become again a prostitute or something mm. i was thinking maybe they told us like you will go and uh, the girls i'm telling you who are not educated yeah. and so, they always said like there you are working in somewhere in the club and pubs and this and that but not like this it was uh, something like other things yeah and in uh, they said like there is a lot of like um, people f- or f- female free they don't need prostitute they don't need this yeah. and it was like in this country you don't need it was like right. in europe so there's an implication that that when you leave to go to Europe it will be a different situation yes, or some different thing. Some. I mean, I need to just pause the story a second to just say how absolutely amazing and in- inspiring it is that in such a situation you 
um, I don't know, had 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 the had the strength of mind to kind of see, look, what are my other options? And still, in a way, it calls back to your uh, growing up and having uh, those ambitions. Even in this unimaginable situation, you've kind of said, like, right, what are the in these horrible options? What are the best options? Or where am I going to have the best chance of of getting out of this and moving on? So yeah, I just want to pause there to say how inspiring and amazing that is to have had that 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 wherewithal to think of things like that so then i said you saw the opportunity to and were told that if you were good and if you smiled and all these other horrendous things then you might get a chance to come to europe so and don't give a tough time to the customers and don't argue with them and don't yeah, like yeah. cooperate with them and yeah. uh, you give us a happy customer we will give you we will like not like this sometimes we've been beating by them and right, uh, yeah. they they never give us money and they but uh, they took us to different good parlors for our salons mm. and because we are going for posh parties yeah sure and a lot of things are they are like disturbing but when I heard like they also put my name like and you know maybe I was lucky I always I'm told you like I'm always worried about my family my relative Mm -hmm. and someone will saw me in the party or see me and what happened I it was worried also sometimes I want to kill myself but being a my like my religion and I always think like here I had seen a lot of difficulties after death I don't want to be like um, when yeah. I am a dad in my religion it's uh, it is written if you will kill yourself you will kill yourself until the day of judgment yeah. you, every day like you kill hundred times yes yeah. so I was thinking like maybe it, it is by God so whenever I came back from the parties sometimes the whole night finish early morning sometimes not morning afternoon we came mm-hmm. home and again in evening we have I came home I didn't sleep maybe I just like um, shower shower I went and cry in front of God I sit on my prayer mat mm-hmm. and I was asking him like where I am, what I was, I had seen like that. Then when they said I'm going there, then um, when they give me the papers to um, submit in the, uh, what is called, the office where we submit the application yeah, for yeah. visa. Yeah, for and visa. I, I checked my papers and everything and um, I went with, and I was thinking like, okay, when I reach there, I will not work prostitute. But they said like, you have to pay like this money right okay. uh, when it will be finished you will be free so, so the implication is the cost of the, that it's taken to to get you out of there you've got to earn that back and yeah. then you'll be free but obviously and you know they also asked me like um, uh, they were like showing me very happy they said like um, you know us here in this country and this will be like uh, um, in this country for you and for us they are laughing like it's yeah. a threat like if you are a free or something yeah. but they said like you are always whenever I went in the party I remember the guy who picked me I always ask him where we are going who, who is coming there how many people you know my family is there anyone of I'm like always conscious yeah. and yeah. that guy like they are laughing you are here conscious and this and that then I was thinking like yes this is a good escape no one knows me in Europe but when yeah. I came here in UK and uh, the things were uh, as same maybe but a little different here uh, uh, because at the um, it's important to say that at the interview where they drugged Mira and raped her uh, um, they 
took Mira's passport yeah. at that interview and that's yes, sorry, why I, also you, I forget you to, tell you. to travel with them. Yeah, in, they, when I ring them, when I saw their um, interview, uh, yeah. their ad in newspaper, um, I ringed him and he said, like, what is your qualification? At the in, from telephone, he looked like very professional guy. Yeah. And he said, I told him this. And I, he said, bring your ID with you. I, right. I so said, they just had that complete control and that, yes. that, that and lock there. You know, like uh, even here, I have um, now even asylum seeker card. I don't know where it is. I am it like um, uh, I never need like my ID card or something yeah. is like. And it was my passport there. I I was like getting late from my. Yeah. I took that one. I had no idea like how my life and it was maybe all God plan. Right. And I was going into different way, and that's why, like, um, I and they had my in, a passport as everything, and my home address, my yeah. pa- parents' name, yeah, a lot of things they know. So, so when they then brought you to, uh, to the UK, um, or as as you just knew to Europe, and you and you you came to the UK, <coughs> obviously there's the awareness that you're now away from any greater risk of your family finding out or, or any shame being brought upon your family because you're in a different part of the world. But equally, in a way, you must have felt even more in their control because you're suddenly in a, a new country and they've got your passport or they've got you here and you've not got... I, I assume you didn't have any money and things like that. So what was... How did that all all happen when you got here and what was the kind of, yeah, the movements? When I came here, um, uh, I met my father just on airport because mm-hmm. uh, I gave them a surprise they, because I was not sure I will get the visa or something. Mm-hmm. And I didn't tell anyone. But I told my father, I got the scholarship. I'm going to get education in another country. Right. I will be back within one year. Yeah. And my father is like, he came on airport. He gave me like, um, uh, here you can see like nearly I brought... I forget the exact amount for how yeah. much he gave me, but he changed there on airport. Yeah, it was sure. a very enough, a good amount. Yeah. And But my father asked me, put some money in uh, your handbag, in your luggage bag, and some in like uh, different places yeah, if sure, you lost something. Safety, yeah. Because my father is traveling all over the world. Yeah. And he said to me uh, like this, and I was uh, I came here, I met with that guy. I was surprised he took all my money. And he was asking where is And I was um, very stupid. <laughs> I told him, like, um, I had some money here and some there. like, right. And he just, like, took all my money. And uh, thanks God, um, at that time, I had some money in other pocket of my luggage right. bag. Yeah. And I hide that one. Then uh, he asked me just to get the accommodation from uni. Yeah. And let me know where, which area, uh, which uh, where do you live and send me this. Um, and you know when I was coming I came here I was coming they give me a one sim yeah when you reach there put in your mobile yeah turn it on or put on switch on this sim and I came here and then I met with that guy and uh, like then uh, it started again yeah yeah because so you were on a you were on a student visa. Yes. 
But um, I, I was not able to attend the all class or sometimes missing and even I became a class um, representative here, yeah. CR, I was here and I was a part of, um, I also become a union, um, they are like in a union of yeah. my university here and uh, like I was, uh, even I was not regular but whenever I was sitting in the class, yeah. Um, teacher asks something at the here in England. The teacher or the professors or lecturer they ask something or some like some idea. I share with them and they start look at me. And they said, "Why are you here in our class?" Yeah. It was a MS class, yeah. and I was looking at them and I laughed at them. I said, "No, I want to get a degree." Yeah. And but due to my like sometimes I went to different parties late night yeah. different customers and I get tired I was not able to went in the morning uh, and I don't have money at that time no uh, don't have like um, sometime I was in England I was running to different to different places uh, because I don't have a money to pay to tenants yeah. because uh, I was working for them and uh, I was working for my bread and butter and even I'm working for my bread and butter he took my money his girlfriend like she always beat me and we had fight with each other I was hiding my money here and there and mm. It was a totally different and horrible situation. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't obviously it wasn't the kind of escape that you'd expected or the the freedom that you'd expected. It's clear that once again academically, you were doing amazingly and excelling like, like whenever the opportunity was there. But there was still this perceived debt that you owed them to 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 get back or to 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 not release the videos or or, or photos or anything else. So despite being on the other side of the world, that was obviously still the con- control that they had over you in that way. Yes, these things are true. Like, um, I get... Um, I was involved with them a lot of reasons and yeah. a lot of fears and a lot of tensions. And yeah. once a point in my life, I was thinking, it's okay. If I am a bad girl, it was not my choice. It is a God choice. I had a fight with God hundred times at yeah. that. Even now sometimes when I get like um, um, very stressed and feelings, yeah. can't sleep and shadows. And I think um, I, it, it came my, in my head um, in my dream. Why, I, why not I escape there? Why not I finish myself? But I said, God, I was... I put myself in your hand mm. and now still I'm in God's hand. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what he's choosing. I'm still waiting from home office. I am like, in morning you ask me, how are you? I had a signing with home office. And every time when I went for signing, yeah, 
I had a fear of detention. Yeah, of course. And uh, I went to signing. As I entered in there, I hold my breath until on the counters. On counters, some people are very lazy. They give you tough time, like yeah. doing this and that. And you are holding your breath. Maybe they are taking me in. And some guys are like very um, quick. They said, yeah. okay, come next month on this date, finish. Yeah. When, but when I came out, I jumped out, uh, stepped out from the building of... Um, Bucket House, London yeah. Bridge. I'm like, I feel I'm the happiest person in yeah. the world. Just for one. Yeah, month. because you've got past the, the, that part and it's okay again. Yeah. Yes. For now. So so how did you, um, I guess, es- es- escape it all? Like, how did you get away from the situation that seemed unimaginable and unescapable? Or what was your, your kind of journey out of that? I want to share one thing. It comes in my mind. Yeah. I want to tell you, ask me about money. Yes. You know, when I was working as a prostitute and uh, I went, I don't know how much they are earning from me. But for me, you know, sometimes I don't have money to eat something. Yeah. And um, even I I stand in front of the chicken and chip shops. I was looking for two pounds and something. And it gives me a lot of pain. I don't have in my pocket that two pounds. Yeah. And um, I want to tell you about like you told me about I never told maybe someone. Yeah. But I'm telling you. At that time, I start making the um, assignments and projects of my class fellows, yeah. and I'm t- earning money from them. Oh, amazing! <laughs> and I will, but look, I will because I was putting time on their assignments, and I don't have a time to some time on my assignments yeah. and projects, and um, then I. Um, but I was moving a lot. I went to traveling the area which I live. Sometimes the parties are very far. They, yeah take me in their car and we went to different place very long walk long no long drive or something yeah. and in uh, hotels and different areas we are going yeah. and escape stories uh, i'm sorry i'm like feeling very it's fine it's fine they said anything you're comfortable with or not comfortable with or if you need a, a break or anything yeah. then that's 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 fine as well okay. Yes, the escape story is also like, um, is it from God turning point or changing point yeah. from my God? And, um, um, I, um, you know, my visa was about to finish and they start asking me, they will, they are going to take me in another country like Italy. Yeah. They always mention Italy. Right. And, um, like, you know, the guy... <laughs> He looks like, or he speak my language, my mother language, yeah. but he was basically, he speak a lot of other languages. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I remember his girlfriend was from Romania, very yeah. cold, uh, fair and cold. Yeah. He looks very pretty, but pretty face, but black heart, right. dirty heart. Yeah. And um, uh, they speak with each other like um, Romania and yeah. other languages. And I ask him, like, um, 
they told me to italy i told them like italy um you told me i have to pay you like um, that yeah. when i was then you will i will be free but maybe now it's finished he increasing so the money changing, and yeah. i said okay give me the money because i gave you money i am working here a uh, different for my bread and butter i was allowed 20 hours from my university and he yeah. was taking my money even and I, I, I whenever he they came in my house you know they come like looking here there and things and taking things and I told them this is my rent but they took it they said don't yeah. worry about this and they are they said like you are not cooperating with the customers right and we are not getting earning good money sorry right. my english is like no, no, maybe you fine. understand what yeah, i no, mean fine. yeah no no, no definitely <laughs> they were m- making out that you weren't being as 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 complicit and good for the customers and making good money and you weren't so, so therefore yeah. you're not out of debt yet or you're not out of but i don't know what is the truth i was like uh, it was not in my hand i yeah. don't know about anything yeah. how much they are earning how right. much yeah. but um, um, um but uh, I want to, like, I, I had a fear here also, like a police, they always ask me, why not, uh, if you will go to police, here is also police with us. And I had in my country experience. Yeah, and here, even whenever I saw the police, still I saw the police, I changed my route. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a fear, maybe they came behind me. I yeah. told my key worker, Alex, once uh, once or twice, I came my home and I saw near to my home a one policeman or something. And I start like, maybe they came for me and um, they yeah. will put me in prison. Even I remember when here I had a police interview for home office reason. Yeah. I was like, um, my was about to die. I cannot face them. I cannot yeah. look at them. I had a like. Or, or the people that should be the people that you're seeing to to help you and to and to save you. You've had different experiences of. You've seen them as as one of the bad guys, essentially, as 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 a threat to you rather yes, than a help to you. But I know them. They have a lot of connection. They yeah. are, I remember from here a lot of girls, they send them to different parts of Europe. They mm. bring from there to here, but nobody's asked them. They told me, even here, even in my country, back in country. Uh, back in country, I saw personally police, yeah. a lot of big officers. Um, you cannot... I. I, you cannot imagine those men and people are like those parties are not like in my country uh, alcohol and these things are yeah. not like allowed and it's prohibited yeah. everything was there and they are like providing everything there yeah, of course. Uh, like they are organizing you can say they are working as an event management, mm-hmm. for example, but they are organizing everything, providing everything, what type of they need, like young girls, old girls, middle girls, this yeah. age, even they are providing boys yeah. and it's like kids, boys, everything. Yeah. They yeah, are a big course. party and I know how much they were. And still I had a lot of time. I told my K-worker uh, like a well, few times I was sleeping in my house and I had a dream that guy is sitting in front of my uh, construction building yeah. and he's looking and laughing and he said, oh, you run a lot. Mm. And now I am here. And I was looking in my dream. Where is yeah. my panic alarm? Where is my panic alarm? It's that constant... It's constant. Oversh- overshadowing and that, that constant f- of fear. How how did you um, 
Sorry, I changed my tone. No, no, that's I'm absolutely fine. No, no, I, I know it's fine. I, it's, it's just occurred to me, it, it, it must have been a huge struggle when you're studying and making friends in class and things like that and keeping this, I assume, a secret or hidden from them. So you're kind of having to live two lives, essentially. So your friends at, at, at college or uni aren't knowing all the other horrible things that, that you're going through. No, I don't. I was like in my class, sometimes I'm sitting and I went in my dreams and I was like tired yeah. and I was looking at the guys and I was thinking how lucky they are. Yeah. But, you know, I had a, like, you can say I had a, I was living three or four person life yeah. with a single life. Sometimes I'm like a bad girl. I like um, doing dirty things mm. for them. Yeah. Sometimes I did bad work for myself. Mm-hmm. That is uh, very shameful and I cannot um, forgive myself for those reasons. And uh, sometimes I had a friends in uni. I went, I was just in the uni, like, because I don't have a time to go outside yeah. with them. But sometimes we went in a lunchtime yeah, and I sat with them and laughed with them. And the girls and the boys, they are getting help from me. They are discussing projects, assignments. Mm-hmm. Then they offered me, like, they will give me... I'm not charging that much money. Yeah. I Because I, I was not... I don't know about at that time. For me, that time, five pound, ten pound was enough. Yeah. I sit for them in some time in university. I, because I don't have a laptop or something yeah. I sit in the uni lab uh, sometime I came home and I would just write everything yeah. from the bring the books and then I went to uni and type for them and this yeah. and that and um, I was like uh, sometime I went for on uh, different um, you can say a catering as yeah. a waitress I'm working sometime there yeah. I had seen a very bad and but all of this earning money my shoes was broken when yeah. I was with them, it was like a big hole in yeah. the sole of my shoes. It was from Primark. I bought that one. And I used that one even in the winter. Yeah. Even in uh, any, like, the rain. I don't mind it because I never show people like what I am. Yeah. And, um, these are, but the escape story was like yeah, that. Sure. Uh um, he told me I'm going Italy. Then I had argued with him and about money, everything. It increased. Then I said like, okay, fine. I will work for you here, but please don't send me in another country because here I have like now I know I, the work here. Yeah. I I told you I know these are bad things, but it's a shameful. But I when you don't have a choice, you went by yourself. Mm, I know some customer they. I was in touch with them at that time. I went for myself and I know the like waitress job here and other leaflets or something. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking like Italy, I don't know language different. Yeah, and um, again, like horrible life. And I asked him like, okay, you just give me my passport and everything. I will submit it to home office. If I will get extension here, then I will leave here. If not, then I will go with you with Italy or like yeah. this. But let me try. He said he don't have money for me, even a single penny or something. I said, I will do by myself. Then I asked everyone. I tried to manage some money and asking from here and there. And then I went to the... Like he said, you are not here very cooperative. We are sending you in Italy. And there the team will take a work from you Mm -hmm. like this. And again, he was saying like, there maybe you will... uh, You have to do 
more labor work or something yeah. in Italy. He yeah. told me about. I said I cannot speak their language. He said there is a lot of factories. Don't mind. They will send you there. But I said the same thing you asked me when I was coming from my country. And here is like no prostitution. Yeah. People have their own girlfriends, boyfriends. Everything is here. But now again, like, but it. Then um, I uh, somehow I managed money. I deposit, submit my application with home. It was in home office, and he came to my. I he came to home, and he said, "Just pack your things, uh, like um, coming week, the yeah. gu- we are sending girls to there, and your name is there. You are going right. to Italy." And I had argued with him, and I don't know. He pushed me. He was just like my room was near to the stairs. Mm-hmm. He pushed me like this, and I fell from the stairs down, because I was feeling very aggressive or something, and yeah. not aggressive like very unconscious and unexpected feeling. Yeah, you yeah. Unconscious, what I it, yeah. I don't know, but I fell on the stairs, and he left me and his girlfriend in a house. I was crying, and somehow I moved and went into the sofa. Uh, near to that and I had a severe pain but when you know when you fall after a few seconds you feel not that much pain yeah yeah. I was like I came to my room yeah and uh, I lay in the bed then I went to the GP and GP looked at my condition she said go to hospital I said I can't because in my mind and heart I was thinking like a lot of other tensions I was thinking at that time before that they came where I am and they come back like next week I have to like uh, go somewhere and sleep few days and so their mind will be changed because in my mind it was home office will send my passport here visa here so I I cannot run somewhere right yeah and I cannot go to police I cannot go to anywhere it's a lot of tensions so I came home and I was uh, in night it was a severe pain and I cannot move then one girl I know near to me she came and I told her a different story I was crying she said what happened why you fell down and this and I told her like I came as a domestic servant in a house and those people are very bad and now they are she said but no I don't I know you are a student here I said no no I came here with them and with this visa and now I'm they are sending me to their relatives in another country and she said don't go into their relative in Italy you cannot speak their language Italy is more like a rough country I yeah. know she's from um, like she's very intelligent girl yeah. and very mature she have a baby and everything yeah. and she said to me and then I said I, what I can do they will come and they will take me she said come to my home and uh, I went and I slept with her two days then one evening not evening I know this time is they are busy I know their time and I was sure they will not me and my friend went to my home I left my little bit food whatever it was in fridge I left a lot of things just pack one bag and we both run from that house and uh, I don't bother about my passport my like uh, home office and everything and uh, I was thinking at that time to save myself to go to Italy yeah. then um, she said then me and my she, my dad friend she helped me to put in her and other friend house not near to that area yeah. it was very far from that area changed two three buses from city center to then one bus yeah. or two bus then I went in that area I was living with her she said don't do any work in these days we never go to their like um, waitress job or somewhere yeah. then they were like um, Angels for me, that girl and her yeah, friend. Yeah, they took you, or you had somewhere away from all of that yeah. that you could be 
then feel they safely was... away. Obviously, you're still going to have a lot of emotions inside you, but you you you, you must have felt that you're not going to b- bump into them or they can't know where you are, and that must have been a huge relief after years now of, of feeling that. Yes, and also like feeling safe and also like um, I get a chance like to discuss with my friend about um, what I will do. My uh, passport is with the home office and yeah. everything is. And um, uh, then she said like You're, you came here as a domestic servant and they are not giving you money. Or something. She said, why not you go to the police and told the police like, uh, oh no, home office and told mm-hmm. them uh, like you came here and they are not like doing this. And um, I told my friend because I was crying a lot. And he said, like, just for domestic reason, you cannot cry that much. He said, I'm very well mature and whatever. Then I just told her about back in my country, I've been raped. And yeah. I didn't tell. I don't want because it's a feel of shame. Yeah. And it feel like uh, I'm a bad girl. And uh, I was feeling he will not continue her friendship with me. And right. he will maybe, they will kick me. Her other friend will kick me out from the house. It, again, it kind of shows the the hold that they'd had over you because obviously from from hearing your story you've not done anything wrong obviously it was a situation that was was forced upon you in every way and then you've you've had to do everything to basically survive and still be here today but they had their they had that much control over you and and were in your head that much that in your mind you were ashamed and you felt you'd been bad when yeah and I'm sure that your friends. Yeah, they have think, felt and yeah. they will kick me. They will not talk with me, right. because you know, uh, if. Um, but now I'm in this situation. I don't know how you take me. But for me, it's still very shameful and very bad things. Like uh, if someone know, and I'm happy. Like you guys don't hate me. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. No, yeah. And but it was not my choice. It was like. Um, then I went to home office. I claimed yeah. asylum, but I was hiding from them. Like I had a fear, I they will put me in a prison, yeah. and maybe they will send back to them my country and to those people. I just tell home office I've been raped in my country, and in my country I had abortions and this mm-hmm. and that. I cannot go back in my country. They people my like it's a dishonor, and they will yeah, kill me for the honor and this. But home office, then I went in Sheffield Center for reporting. They put me in detention. They said, like, uh, you can go back to your country and ask your uh, government police, whatever. They can help you and uh, this and that. I asked them, okay. Then I was like, I contact with my legal aid solicitor. He said, they are not covering me. Then I contact from detention. And I was, I don't have a hope in detention. I have no one outside. I went in detention. Even I was getting from them money. You know, I went in detention and I remember in detention, I don't have even a single penny in my bag they found. Yeah. And when I was living, I saw there is a inside one shop. Girls are buying the things from there. like. And home office give you every day in detention 71p. Yeah. And I was waiting to become a money so I will buy a cake or something. Because yeah. in detention, a lot of food, but they will not give you a good food. Yeah, they will give you this amount of food. Yeah. 
and if you want more this straight away put in front of you in a bin all the remaining food right. not give you yeah, and nice. i was waiting for me myself to become my money like 2 pound 3 pound and then i will buy something and uh, i went in detention and um, detention was again a, like a horrible story yeah. i one day i was sitting in a detention center yalswood a one um, you know uh, it's a what's it's called um craw craw um a a bird which is a, a crow a crow, crow. Yeah. A crow. yeah 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 a crow black one and yes. it was sitting on the uh, fence of yeah. that um, the wall uh, wall on up there was a fence and i was sitting in my room it was like afternoon and uh, um i look at the crow and i said look he is more lucky and more happy than me yeah. i'm always like in someone's prison and i was praying to god at that time and um, then in detention uh, i had like a lot of again i i was feeling like if i they will send back me to country yeah. what happened and how like uh, my life is like now and then again like i will be become that i don't want to work you know when i was i'd claim asylum and i was getting money from them i was living in their nas house yeah. i was thinking like thanks god i don't need anything i change my mind no aims nothing i just want to f- complete my life yeah fulfill the days of my life remaining i was i was thinking i'm very old and this i had seen a right. lot of things yeah. in my life obviously yeah but when i went in detention and then it's again give me a trigger or something like it come jumps again like what happen if i will go back again i will i because i was there and lot of people now know me as a bad girl i cannot get a good job i cannot right. go back to my family i cannot go <laughs> those people will find me because i know in my country we went into different cities for work yeah. for um, you know i told you about the parties and everything yeah. so for me uh, it was very i was thinking to finish myself in detention but then i met with one lady uh, she was a uh, my solicitor mm-hmm. he asked me like uh, you can sit here and i i said i cannot go she said there is uh, like home office is not listing you i cannot do i told her like please help me otherwise i will kill myself and she said why go and find some other place in your country then i start telling her this and, and this she said why not you mention this before i said i'm worried about please i take a promise from her don't call the police don't send yeah. home office not send me she said nobody will send you police but i ask her please don't mention these things in my yeah. claim because it is a shameful yeah. whenever i get like now i don't know about the word of trafficking before mm-hmm. he told me this is a trafficking this yeah. is this and uh, he said like uh, don't worry and uh, uh, nobody will uh, call you a bad girl a call girl or this and that nobody knows you but i was thinking it will be a shame home office send me to them i was thinking i'm only one uh, i'm on i'm the only one girl right. who worked like this and yeah. i am the most dirtiest woman in the world and right. like no, at that course. time Yeah. yeah then she told me like this is a trafficking and um and this happened with the different people and yeah. in different situations but please mention it otherwise they will not listen you yeah. nobody will listen you was, 
But was that a relief in some way to kind of find out that other people, as, as strange as it is, that this wasn't no, something I was that, not... that, that, that you're this evil person? Or, do you know what I mean? That other people have been forced into these situations and, and, and exploited in this way? No, when I met with that solicitor, I was thinking he was just uh, uh, lying to me. I right. was not. I right. know I had worked with the different ladies, different yeah. women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had been working in my country here. I had seen a lot of um, bad like experience, mm. but I was thinking they all are hiding. I saw in my field. Right. You can. Oh my God. Look how miserable my life. I'm saying it was my field. Again, it was, but not by choice in any way. Obviously, it was an area that you were forced into and exploited into, and 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 somehow managed to keep your to keep your head and to and to eventually find a way out of it. So again, that's that's all as said. All the more amazing and, and impressive. Yes, I had seen a lot of, but still I can't believe my solicitor. Yeah. I was thinking police come and they will take me to the prison and home office and me back. And I was thinking like my solicitor said home office give on this reason or this reason or this. But I I'd ask her like, I'm very miserable. I had seen a lot of bad things. I'm not ready to go back and face again bad things. Don't give me here anything. Just ask them to leave me here. Otherwise, I, yeah. my life is there. Not yeah. no life. I will be like a rolling stone. Maybe there. Maybe I've been killed. Maybe I don't know what happened yeah, there. Yeah, of course. And she said, "Let me talk with the home office. Nobody will." I was thinking maybe I will come in newspaper here. I will come right. here. I will hear. She said, "No, nobody will ask you anything." Then she left me, but I was feeling very bad. I was thinking my solicitors think about me. I am a bad girl. Right. And then, then uh, I get a um, uh, call after three, four days from um, you know in Yalswood Detention Center, right. um, housing. What is called of home office officer? It called right, or something yeah. who yeah, was yeah, a yeah, security yeah. of head manager of my unit. Sure. Where yeah. did I live? He called me and he said, um, 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 I went to his office. He said, are you a um, criminal? And I was looking at him. I said, excuse me? Um, no, I don't know, but police want to see you and they are coming on Sunday. I came out, I trained my solicitor. He was not attending my call and I was crying. Why uh-huh. he called me a criminal? Why police is coming to see me? I was like running here and there. I cannot hear with the girls in there. Yeah. And I was thinking I'm only the person. And I was like this. Then my solicitor in night, he bring me back. He said he was in a court. And I, I told her like this happened. And he said, no, they were just coming. Uh, he said, I don't know, home office, maybe ask someone to come. Yeah. But it was not by home office. It was from um, my uh, counseling before. Right. He sent the police from that city, Doncaster, yeah. to come and see me in detention. Yeah. And uh, But I remember that guy was. And uh, then um, uh, that police officer, he came. He didn't write anything. He just listened and uh, um, he was just a very nice man. But I was feeling I don't able to hear with him a lot because he was a man at that time. Yeah, and at sure. that time, I was opening first time my things. 
then I, 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 then I remember, can we take break after this question? Yeah, sure, sure, of course. And then, then I remember like, um, after a few days, um, I call, I been called by home office in the Yal's food center. We went out. Then I, 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 then I remember, can we take break after this question? Yeah, sure. And then, then I remember, like, um, after a few days, um, I call, I yeah. been called by home office in the Yal's right. food center. We went up, I went up, and uh, one old lady, um, home yeah. office officer, she was a big officer, maybe. I was crying because uh, housing of uh, home detention center uh, security officer, female, she misbehaved right. with me. And I, was, I, I didn't get any text on my mobile phone. They always give you a mobile phone when you went in detention. Yeah. And that mobile phone was not yeah. working. And she was misbehaving me like, we are sending you text, you are not. I said, excuse me, I haven't. She said, you may, might be you deleted. I, I, I was saying sure. I'm not a liar. I went there and one African lady of home office, she just sent, give me uh, some paper of concern, something. Mm. He asked me yeah, to, no, she gave me a one letter. She said, home office, uh, um, we receive like this paper and I don't know, I yeah. forget what he was discussing. Sure. And I start crying. I told her like, um, before, uh, look, this, my mobile phone is here. I haven't received, but she's saying, I'm a liar. I'm not mm. a liar. I'm already in attention yeah. and ask them to speak with us gently. Not like uh, we are not um, criminals here yeah. and we, we just to want our life like safe or better that doesn't mean like yeah. you put us in um, more bad words or something yeah. like in a bad kind of world and uh, then she said what happened I told her about that manager he asked me like are you criminal and uh, he said no they are not supposed to ask you even the police or someone want to come they just have to inform you privately yeah. but they are not allowed to ask yeah. you to this then I came back then again I get a, uh, that lady who misbehaved me before English lady she came uh, not English I don't know whoever but she, she said like someone is want to see you in the home office again I went there there was a one old lady she was a manager maybe in mm -hmm. home office and she saw me and I was crying and she said can you give me your mobile phone don't cry she, she said what is a number I said you can find by you it's on the back the number is always yeah. there she sent from her mobile to that mobile a text no text is and coming then I'm we sure. wait for five minutes no then she again sent text no text is coming then he started asking me what is your case what happening and she knows and then she gave me a hug she said straight away asked that girl uh, who was the African lady yeah. to call someone Monica uh, to yeah. refer her to Monica and I told her I don't have accommodation outside to go and uh, address otherwise home office will release then he start my care plan in home office in yeah. detention center and then I it's like the end of then detention. Like then one of my friends, he gave me first address because I was in Salvation Army and uh, yeah. others uh, waiting list. But I came out uh, on my friend address in other city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found you. Are you, you are, would you like to, to take a break now? And then yes, we'll just please, I get shortly. tired. I'm no, that's sorry. fine, that's Thank fine. Right, we, as you, as you will have heard there, we paused the podcast for a moment Um I mean, understandably, um, Mirren needed a moment to to gather herself, to recollect herself. I mean, 
I'm sure you will have experienced that just listening to this has been an exhausting experience emotionally and physically. So to actually talk about all this and go through all this is unimaginable. So yeah, it was quite fair to want um, a little breather there. And I figured I'd give you guys a slight a slight moment to take everything in as well by interjecting here. It's a hell of a story there, a hell of an experience. When we continue the conversation, you'll be pleased to know we get the the happy ending. I mean, it's worth highlighting, regardless of that, that throughout a lot of this so such dark and 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 heavy descriptions of of the experiences that that that, that Mira was subjected to, she is still a positive and 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 vibrant person and equally the fact that so much of it she wanted to get out there and she wanted to be told um this is hard stuff to listen to but it should be told because to say to say these things are too harsh to be talked about is to say that the victim is in some way in the wrong which isn't the case these are real things that have happened and as uncomfortable it may be for us to listen to it's wrong to censor them or to to strip them away or strip them down i was incredibly cautious throughout the conversation of not wanting to push mira further than she wanted to go the key for me was that she's comfortable throughout all this and only only goes into and details the things she's comfortable going into in detailing and the thing that surprised me and just blew me away was the points where I kind of um, interjected to say, look, we can leave that there and, and try to move on to the next subject. The, the, there were things that she felt it important that people hear that these experiences happened. Um, and as hard as it is for her to relive them and to recount them, it shouldn't be brushed under the carpet and it shouldn't be a secret and it shouldn't be this this shameful hidden thing. It should be, it's not her that's done are wrong here so you know that feeling that these stories need to get out and need to be exposed um was truly inspirational in in the moment uh, when we paused the podcast here uh, we were ch- uh, chatting a bit and it was a, a really interesting thing that that mira s- s- said to me was that she was she felt sad in many ways of of her education because she felt that her education almost made it all the worst for her as as she kind of touched upon early on there were certain uh, women in her home country when she was um having to go through all this who kind of didn't think it was that bad and kind of accepted it and kind of thought well you know I've got nice clothes and in a way her intelligence and education made it a greater burden for her because she knew that this this wasn't acceptable and this wasn't right and this this shouldn't be how it should be obviously we kind of also had to point out and reassure her that it's it's her intelligence and and her drive and spirit that have got her out of this and have got her a new life and and new prospects and and, and so much ahead for her so yeah inspirational conversation which we will continue with right now Right. Um, well, let's kind of talk about the. I mean, you've firstly, I, I thank you for everything you've told us so far. Obviously, a huge amount of things to to go through and and, and to get out. So you've been amazing in general here to, here today. Let alone th- throughout your whole journey. But let's try and get to some of the, the the positive part of the story and the and the positive ending that seeing you sat here now, 
smiling and bubbly and engaging and and and, and wonderful. So, and when were you helped, or 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 what happened as you were helped by the uh, the housing for women's uh, replace project? Um, when I came out from detention, first uh, Salvation Army sent me to the Madile Trust. Right. Then Madile Trust, uh, they are looking for me accommodation. Then they called. Uh, they one day like uh, we, they sent application to Home Office, yeah. but Home Office was like arguing uh, due to some reason. Then I was very depressed at that time. I was thinking I don't have nobody is accepting and this. Then they contact with Housing for Women and they told like tomorrow is someone is coming to see me from from Housing for Women. I remember that day. And I was very conscious, like, oh, my God, who is coming? And this, when the Alex, my key worker, yeah. he came there and I met with her. He asked me some questions and uh, I was not sure, like, uh, they will take me to the accommodation or yeah. not. I was being uh, a fear of rejection or, yeah. uh, like, uh, I was thinking, like, uh, I'm, I never get a good thing in my life and this and that. But um, next day, in mo- she left the house. Next day morning, when I woke up, it was uh, 8 o'clock. I was standing in the kitchen in Madile Trust Hostel yeah. and um, safe house. I was making my tea and uh, my uh, there my ex-key worker, he said, Hey, Mira, here is a good news for you. I looked at her. So for me, what type of good news? Maybe I got a visa I remained yeah. to leave. And he suddenly said... Housing for women say I said please go on and she said she said they said yes I said wow I jumping I crying and I went to my manager room I said like um, this was my dream to live like um, independent woman and something yeah. and she said we know it your plan and your things how you are helping here and we will hopeful like they will help you to get your uh, goals yeah. then I came in housing for women and, uh, and but when I was coming I was not sure they will give me like money or something I was like a house or something like this yeah. but when I came I met with Alex here in my house and I was a bit confused and uh, because uh, in a new house house you cannot like uh, buy the uh, you need a lot of things buy things and pro- yeah, thing. they gift me like um, uh, a lot of things like um, this um, cutlery and uh, yeah. kitchen items and the other things in my house they said these are the gifts from us you That's will amazing. keep these things even you move out from here a- again and-, and it's all the kind of things that you would have realized as you're living there oh i haven't got this or oh i haven't got that and need yes, that I was so coming, it's, that, it's good I was, that all of that is prepared and yeah and, uh, no it was not prepared <laughs> the house was like empty but they always uh, housing for women they had a money in their hand my key worker yeah. and um, you know they are like very good and kind they like said like you because these things are mine i have to use the kitchen items and every, and i yeah. have to choose on my choice yes they will help me like they said they can do it by themselves but they want like uh, us to be happy yeah, you know as a female yeah. it will be a uh, happy for you like you are buying your house items and your things and yeah. according and to your, how you want it that's perfect yes how i want it then uh, he came with me uh, we went to the argos and different mm-hmm. shops we bought a lot of things came home starting home and uh, helping uh, i get help on every stage of life and um, i'm happy with housing for women i get i'm just like um, i want to share here like uh, i get um, 
emotion morally emotionally and uh, housing for women is helping me in as a morally emotionally and right. financially yeah. and to become as a independent woman in this world to face yeah. and giving me a confidence to living back as i want to live in my yeah. ambitious before yeah they are helping me a lot and i'm happy and i'm thankful to them thank you yeah. me it must be amazing so what kind of looking forward what are your hopes and plans now that you've got this new you've now got your freedom back and you've got obviously you've you you're you're gradually starting to put everything that's come into the past and and, and move on from that and you've got your nice house with things that you've bought and and, and chosen to go in there and, <laughs> in the kitchen and whatnot. So, so, kitchen so what are your ambitions going forward? Also bedroom and lounge and everything. Everywhere, amazing. Yes, I got TV. I have my own, like, a lot of things in my house. Yeah. And, how, yeah, in future, like, um, just one tension in future is still remaining. Maybe, I hope so, God will help. And maybe with your prayers, it will be solved soon. I'm waiting for my remain to leave here in this country. Yeah. Still, home office is not replying me and the other is like uh, because my lot of plans are depending on that leave as well yeah. and right now i'm working as a volunteer in two or three organizations here yes, and uh, i want to be become as a independent and uh, women and confident women back as i was and uh, i want to be work as a financial analyst in the future yeah. and for um, making myself because due to my remain to leave I don't have a permission I cannot get enrolled into the unis or colleges here right of course so now, you're here temporarily essentially in that in yeah that and terms. we are waiting for housing for women is also excited for me to get me enrolled somewhere because they know my um, uh, like uh, mental condition and potential and yeah. they always think like um, we uh, you ask your solicitor and they are asking but the thing is that um, now housing for women is helping me to get enrolled in uh, uh, project management online courses Excellent. so it will help me in, uh, polish my cv as well as uh, it will polish my like i i've been untouched from my studies along yeah. and then again now i will be enrolled and uh, for that, I need, like, some equipment. Like, uh, for online, I don't have a laptop. Right, yeah. A lot of tension still. Yeah. But um, in future, I'm la- now my plan is um, to live independent, confident, and become as a work as a, f- like, my career. Um, I'm taking a financial analyst now. No yeah. more marketing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no more. Amazing. No, and yeah. it, it's, it's clear to me from... From from meeting you and talking to you, that as soon as the as as the reins are taken off, essentially, as soon as you're legally allowed to to, to move forward, it it will be hard to hold you back. From just seeing how how eager you are to to get on and and, and get this work and achieve these things, so it's exciting as to what's ahead. Um, yes, respect. I'm very excited and I'm always like uh, planning from where I will start and uh, a lot of hopes in my life now. Yeah. But you know, sometimes I get very depressed uh, when, you know, like uh, when you are not hearing anything from home office, yeah, that sure. gives you pain. And then I, most of the time in mid of night, I ring Samaritan helpline and I start asking why people ask us and why it is written in the books and in our even in our holy books yeah. keeps positive hopes when something is not 
in our hands yeah. and how why we have to keep the hopes hopes give you more negative and more more like something yeah. when your hopes are not fulfilled then again like after morning again next day i i will be like again passionate and motivated i went for my volunteer i don't miss i just want to complete my one year yeah. and um, then uh, i i'm working like two three places volunteer i'm like a different part of groups in london now um they are like uh, working for women going to different charities i'm a part of a choir um, <laughs> amazing <laughs> and a lot of things and yes you are right like once i will get my remain to live i think so nobody can stop me i will be a, like um, Mm, very soon I will achieve yeah. my goals. Yeah. Well, that's excellent. I can't yeah. wait to see If my see mental that. health will be emotional. But sometimes I become... It, it is not in my control. I ruin everything like... Uh, it's something came in my mind and I become more emotionally and distraught Com- for one... Completely. And I, th- I, th- I think you're right there on, on speaking of, of talking to, to the Samaritans and things... I like that. I think it's a great misunderstanding. I think hope is a hugely important thing, but I think it's a misunderstanding that we're not allowed to feel scared or worried or sad at times. Because the fact is, you've been through some unimaginable things. So it's no weakness to have points where you're worried or sad or scared. That's that's completely normal. If you didn't have them, it'd be stranger in a way. The fact is, you've got through that. And when those times come you're calling people and you're trying to talk about it and not just just burying it or hiding from it and that means that as you said when you do wake up in the morning it is a new day again and again it's not all perfect yet it's not all how you want it yet but it's a new day and it's it's solidly going forward so yeah and yes and it's always like uh, whenever i wake up I, it's a new day i always think like forget about whatever what yeah. hopes are but now i it's a new day new challenge maybe in my letter box i will get my remain yeah, to live. Yeah. I always went down and even if i'm not going for volunteer when i finish my volunteer work i'm going back i just first look at my letter box and i said oh my god it's not here and Still then i look there. at god I said it's okay but Im- imagine the day it is there though yeah. imagine how that's going to be after all this build up imagine that day when you look and it is there it's going to be it's yes be i'm always planning like one day when i will get that letter i don't know what happened that is like um, for me i'm looking for good news from ages before that my good news was my my trust my ex safe house they know um when i get a house from housing for women it yeah. was a good news from last uh, a couple of years i yeah. got that yeah. in before in 2011 i was looking for a good job because i was working three places yeah. like a rolling stone i want to be a established one thing yeah. and um, that was not a good news i went into the sure. and after a lot of tensions detentions and here there everywhere i get my house from housing for women that was a first good news and now again i'm ha- hoping like home office will make me one day yeah. happy yeah. <laughs> hope so yeah that final good news well thank you very much for, for coming in and talking and and sharing your story i said it's 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 obviously a horrific situation but so inspirational it, it i do need to highlight it's, it's not going to c- come across on the audio but the the that you're sitting across from me smiling and bubbly and so positive and and excited about what's ahead rather than dwelling on or being crushed by what's been in the past so it's amazing and inspirational so th- th- thank you very very much for coming in and talking today I just want to say in the end, like the smiling and bubbling and everything, motivation, it's not because, it was not 
before that it was because of a lot of help i'm getting yeah. now trust me i i just want to ask if the uh, someone is in my condition and they are like uh, listening me please take a step risk or something yeah and uh, come forward a lot of lot of help here like i was not expecting but now my key worker she's helping me here and uh, before that from salvation army madhile trust i got a lot of help i've been a part of pan a lot of other group yeah. they all motivate me and my key worker she always asks i know mera when uh, you will get your things are positive i know you will be like this and that makes me more motivated and happy yeah. and i think like i worth and when i blame myself like uh, it was my fault my key worker she always like help me and think something like uh, you were not if you do now something that is your blame yeah. if not then it was not your and now i'm yeah, not sure. doing these things and i don't want to do that thing no no amazing well thank you very much thank and as, as said that's great for anyone who who is listening to know that there's there's options out there and there's help that can be given so yeah. thank you very much thank for talking you. today thanks to Cheers. you thank you thank you There we go. Um wow, just what a what a privilege to to be able to be a channel or a conduit for for Mira's story. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean it my yeah, I didn't get my focus back for a long while after this. It was it it was a hell of a story to hear and just again still just so mind blowing that 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 she had the drive and, and and was capable of sharing this story and again that determination of no it might be hard to to say to go through to relive it might be hard for you guys to listen to i understand that i understand anyone listening who's struggled here that's perfectly natural and that's the correct reaction um it shouldn't be water off a duck's back it shouldn't be all right well on to the next podcast you know that should have been an emotional and uncomfortable journey but that does not mean it should not be addressed and put out there and kind of in our faces because these things are happening and these things continue to happen and it's through the help of people like the housing a women's a replace project and many more people that comic relief and sport relief fund and support that that people are getting out of these situations the the thing that that blew me away was the 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 layers and layers and the intricate a web of shame put upon mira which she shouldn't have felt you know it was it was it's wrong and still does feel in many ways which she shouldn't because she was put through a horrendous situation not through her own fault through no fault of her own and the shame that's layered on and on just made it it became her prison it became it made her feel she couldn't tell anyone about this or get help for this and yeah i mean just absolutely heartbreaking but amazing and inspirational that that she finally got through and and found a way out and then there's people I like Alice who was absolutely amazing I know she, 
as she didn't talk too much in the podcast because we wanted to let Mira just tell her story, how she needed it to be told. But Alice was absolutely amazing in her support and their friendship just was glowing in the room. Um, So yeah, there we go. Big thank you all for listening. Um, If you can, please share this around um, and get this out there as i mentioned if this is you, if this is is your first listen you might enjoy the podcast with uh, a refugee special with ramel a refugee from the um, democratic republic of congo who who has a harrowing story and you may also like a greenpeace episode or, or 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 many more we've got a lot of different guests and discussion points over the over the episode so check them out but more importantly please share this tell your friends post about it discuss this these topics and get this this story out there and again kind of show that these things as uncomfortable as they are to listen to can be taken in addressed and yeah and as a society and community we can start to answer these problems and and resolve them it was interesting to hear the kind of negative or, or 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 seemingly inappropriate response of the of of the of the police in these situations and my hearing of it was realizing was trying to trying to see both sides of it um again it's easy in society in general to think of a prostitute as as as, as we see in the in the media and press when someone when a woman who happens to have some involvement in prostitution when they die or are murdered they suddenly become not a person they become a prostitute and that's it they're labeled as this and people forget that there's a story behind every person they may not choose to be there they may not want to be there these are individuals and humans with their own stories not just a label and i feel that was i'm going around the houses a bit here but i feel that was kind of the the problem there with some of the police reaction and again understandable if they're encountering different types of crime regularly then people become a burglar and a prostitute and a a drug dealer and they don't become you it, it, it can be easy to not see wow there's there's layers and layers here this person may not be the criminal that you think them to be they may be a person that's just in a horrible situation that they can't can't get out of and they need help to get out of it and guidance to get out of it um and that's the story that we've had here i think so again yeah big thanks to the housing for for women's a replace project for all the work they do and for inviting me in on this and giving me guidance and notes on this big thanks to comet relief and sport relief for setting this up in the first place and the biggest thanks of all to mira for sharing her story as damn hard as it was for her to do so for having the strength to 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 share that and get that out there and know the importance of of getting that out there and, and making sure other people that have been through any kind of situation remotely similar can hopefully hear this and relate and realize that number one there is light at the end of the tunnel and number two they're not the ones in the wrong in any way in any way shape or form if you've had any experiences remotely similar to this and you're please know that you're the victim in this situation and and you know, you don't. I'm. I'm not saying that there should be a remain period of of being a victim or anything else. But you, you, you are not guilty in any way. And yeah, there's help out there for you. 
um, if you need it. So yeah, uh, yeah, a hard podcast to end. Really, um, I can't do the usual plugs and things like that at the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you to everyone involved. My name is Scroobius Pip. And this is the Distraction Pieces podcast, episode 86 with Mira.